And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks. We have got a special guest for you here today. This podcast is going to be brought to you by Vicious Fishing. Uh, without Vicious, we couldn't do what we do. Fishing line at affordable price. Check them out, viciousfishing.com. Today, folks, we are going back into the kayak fishing world. And we have with us the man who comes highly recommended across through, through his peers with the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club, Mr. Alex Rojas. Alex, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Gene. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. You bet, man. You bet. So we've been talking off air, dude. And uh, like I've been telling you, the kayak bass fishing tournament scene is blowing up. Um, there's a lot of steam with it and not even tournament, just kayak bass fishing in general is just taking off big name sponsors, big, uh, big money going up. You get pros in the field. You got people now wanting to get a part of it. Um, what, you know, we're going to get into all those things there. Um, and I don't want to jump the gun too fast, sure. but that is really what has led me down to, to learning more about you guys and what you do out there, because I want to throw my hat in the ring and join you out there, man. I want yeah, you guys to- it's, it's the biggest uh, growing sport in the fishing industry by far. I mean, leaps and bounds. It is the number one growing piece of fishing, right? Yeah. Um, not just for bass fishing. I mean, it's obviously it's all fishing. Like we hold multi-species tournaments. We'll get into that later, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just a, it's, it's, it makes sense for a lot of people and we'll get into that too, but yeah. Heck yeah. So before we get going too far, I jump ahead there. Cause I'm so freaking, I'm like fanboying <laughs> out on you here real quick, but let's start with you, dude. You are the uh, bass tournament director for the Colorado kayak fishing club. Who are you? How'd you get involved with it? What do you do for a living? So on, so sure. So, I mean, uh, what I do for a living, unfortunately, I wish I could fish full time like we all do, but <laughs> that's always the dream, right? right. Um, no, I'm in IT. I work for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Uh, I've been doing that for 20 years. I support the government. Um, prior to that, I was in the Air Force for seven nice. years. Um, so I still support the Air Force today, but um, that's what I do pr- uh, professionally. Um, as far as the club goes, Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. Um, so I used to fish out of my flow tube. Loved fishing on my flow tube, right? Nice. And uh, I did that for years and years and years. And then I, I found some forums out, out in California that where they, had comp- they competed out of the flow tubes, right? And I'm a very competitive person. I said, this is the next <laughs> thing I want to do. Right. I never competed in any kind of tournament for fishing at all. I just was a weekend angler type guy, right? Yep. And I said, I want to start competing. How do I do that? There's got to be somebody in Colorado that does float tube competitive fishing. So I started doing the Google searches and all this, this back in 2014. And I stumbled across Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. And I saw that they hold tournaments. And they, at the time, we allowed um, float tubes, canoes. Our insurance was different. Now it's only kayaks. Uh, but our insurance back then allowed us to other vessels as well. So I, I emailed the tournament director at the time, who was Dave Kuzer hey, can I participate in my flow tube? And he's like, yeah, this is what you need. You need a PFD, a measuring device, all this stuff, right? And I was like, all excited. I'm like, great, I'm going to start competing against these guys in kayaks. I knew, I knew nothing about kayak fishing. never saw anybody in a kayak. <laughs> I knew nothing about kayak fishing, right? Um, so this is May. My birthday is May 13th. The first tournament is May 20th or something like that, right? Right. I'm the type of guy that just jumps all in. I do. And everything I do, I jump <laughs> all in. I really do. Um, so 
never been in a kayak in my life of any kind. Three days before tournament Wednesday, uh, it's my birthday Wednesday or right around my birthday. My wife says, just go get yourself a kayak for your birthday. I already know you want one. Because I was doing all this research about kayak fishing. I was like, this sounds so much better than my flow tube. Because a flow tube, you can only go by a very little distance, right? But right. a kayak opens up so much more. And so I went and bought a kayak. I bought it. I went to Bass Pro Shop and I bought a Send 12T. Never been in one in my life again, right? So I'm rigging it up, trying to put my fish finder. Because I had my fish finder my flow tube. I had a nice setup on my flow tube. I could take six rods, nets, the whole nine, right? So I had to figure out how to jerry-rig the kayak to fit all my stuff. So I was messing around with PVC and I'm bolting it to the kayak so I could, I mean, it, it looked, I mean, it, it was ghetto fight, right? It was just not, not the best looking deal. Frank and yak. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so back in the day, it's what everybody did, right? Because they didn't make kayaks specific to fishing. It was just a kayak and you modified it, right? Right. And that's before me even, right? Um, so tournament day comes. I'm so nervous just to fish a tournament, number one. Number two, I've never been in a kayak, right? So they had the morning meeting. They let everybody launch and go fish. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at everybody launch. Like I'm literally staring at everybody <laughs> taking notes. Cause I don't even know how to get into a kayak and I'm watching them all go. Right. And they all launch and I'm sitting there like, and this girl, this girl, Angela was sitting back too. And she's like, Hey, you want a drink? Like, I'll have a drink. Yes, I will. Right. Cause I was nervous that so she could tell. And so I had a quick drink with her. Just one of those shots. That's all I did. Yep. And then I, went to the kayak and said, let's do this. If I fall in, I fall in. And I got in the kayak, super nervous. And I started paddling out and I went out and I fished that tournament, right? I caught one fish that day. Um, I was more just trying to figure out the kayak than actually fishing the whole day. Right. And but stay dry. Experience. Yeah. <laughs> it stayed dry. Exactly. You know, and it's May, you know, in Colorado, May water's still cold. Right. Dude, um, This water up here is way cold for those listening that are from down right. South and yeah, such. they don't understand this water right? up here understand. is super cold right. all year long. All right. Yeah. So that was my first experience. And I was like, so nervous. I got hooked that day forward. I had two float tubes. I still have them today. They have not touched the water since that day. <laughs> <laughs> now are were they the, the belly boat kind yeah, or were they the yeah. kind of the, the horseshoe kind that you, the kick exactly. behind. Yeah. They're okay, the horseshoe yeah. type, the U-boat, yeah, yeah. if you will, whatever you want to call it. Like. That's right. Yeah. I sat there and I had my little fins. I just kicked for, you know, it was, uh, they have not touched the water since that day though. But I will tell you this at that first tournament, I took my kayak with me just in case the kayak thing didn't work. I was going to go grab my flow tube out of the truck and go out on the water. Right. But it, it turned out great. I love scout prepared. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's how I got involved with it. Right. And I just started, I mean, that became my passion. I just, you know, it's, I, I have an addictive personality to anything I do. And I just jumped all in, um, that summer is that, that summer, um, I did horrible in that tournament series. I did, I did terrible. I didn't hardly catch any fish, you know, I just didn't do that good. Um, I was like towards the bottom of everything. I said, this isn't going to happen again. Why are these guys at the top consistently at the top? And I started, why are they better than me? You know, what makes them better than me? And I started doing my research and that took that whole year. And I researched and researched and researched these YouTube books and you name it. I was on it. I was reading about it, learning about how to read, you know, uh, not just species you're targeting, but what they're eating. Right. What time of year those, you know, crawls are molting and all that good stuff. Right. Uh, Shad spawns. I knew nothing about all that stuff that made me such a better angler. I mean, the next year I was angler of the year. I went from being horrible to angler of the year to next year, right? There you go. Um, 
not to say I'm special, I'm not, but um, I just work harder than people, most people, and I, I do my research, right? Yeah. And what I'm saying is that anybody could do this. I went from zero to hero in a year, basically, right? Right. right. And I'm, I'm saying this because for those people that are intimidated to get into sports like this and in competitive fishing, don't be. It makes you such a better angler. It really, really yeah. does, especially if you're competitive, you know, because you're going to go out there and try to figure out what the people at the top are doing, why they're better than you. It just comes down to research, understanding things, water temperatures, understanding everything about a species that you're targeting, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into it. And then that first summer, um, I hooked up with Jason Duong, who was a part of the board at the time, and uh, Johnny w- Waginka and Dave Kuzer. And they asked me to be part of the next board because we did two-year stints, volunteer board, mm-hmm. and two-year stints. They asked me to be the treasurer the following two years, and I said yes. And that's how I got into it. So I was treasurer for two years, then I became president for two years, and now I'm tournament director for these two years. So nice. I've been with the club on the board for the last six years. A lot of growth in that time. It's it's been incredible working with everybody, not just the board, but previous board members have been such a great help. And just a general, uh, um, the general uh, people that are in the club are incredible help. They really are. Everybody. It's, it's, it's a great, great atmosphere to be around. People make some really great friends that way. You know, I have... So, well, I can tell you speaking with, um, you know, uh, as I was mentioning off air, talking with Jody queen about a lot of the fellow guys that he competes with at a national level, at a professional level, you know, this is all he does. And then speaking with several other, uh, professionals that were, that were trying to work on getting them on board with us to, to do, uh, some, some interviews, they all agree with, with what you just said. It happens throughout the entire, uh, kayak fishing um, ranks, which is you, you really are keeping tabs on each other out there because I mean, you're, you're kind of each other's own safety. That's you exactly know? right. So what, you're competing, of course, you know, yeah, I want to beat you, but it's a, it's the competition in the sense that, you know, yeah, but are you okay? You know, it, right. it just shows like, uh, like Jody and Corey Dreyer, those guys are, you know, very close Absolutely. more than just teammates through like Z-Man and Hobie and all that kind of stuff, you know, but right. But yeah, I've noticed that in, even on the, on the bass boat side, there is a, a piece where, you know, tournament anglers, we, we, we travel, we, you know, we're on the road constantly. So you see somebody needs a hand, you give them a hand, but I will go so far as to say, I think it's even more so right. um, just from what I've seen. I don't have experience yet. Right. Uh, I plan to join in and not, but it's one of the things I'm really excited about because it yeah, does I'll look like great- an awesome community. It really is. I'll give you a great story about the safety thing. So at uh, national championship in 20, I don't remember the year, 18, I think it was maybe 17 or 18, the KBF national championship down in Kentucky Lake. I went to it and uh, there's a guy fishing and a guy flipped his kayak in the river oh. and he was damn near drowning. And another competitor who was at the top of the leaderboard, like competing for a hundred thousand dollars. Like he was like, it was like day two. He was in the money. Like he was way up there. He stopped fishing. His, the rest of his day was to help that angler get off the water, get him warm, get air vacked. They air vacked him out. I mean, that's the kind of people, you know, he gave up a chance for $100,000 to help this person, right? And yeah. got him off the water and got him off. So, of course, always safety first, right? Yeah. Uh, but the camaraderie in this club, uh, just the people in this clubs are just, they're incredible. All, all the clubs, everywhere awesome. you go. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, we're a family. We really yeah. are. You know, it's a big extended family. Yeah. Well, and it, that's so important for that consistent message to, you know, to, to come across for a sport to grow. Um, 
you know, I, I always warn people when they ask me about the tournament fishing, you know, getting into it, if they're, if they're outdoor enthusiasts or if they're just, you know, they enjoy the weekend side of things, you know, they ask, you know, you know, how do I get into tournament fishing? First thing I warn them about is, listen, if you get bit by the bug, oh my God. if you do have an addictive personality, <laughs> if you know, all those things you said, I think you and I may be related somewhere down the line, <laughs> Alex, because yes. And yeah, when you, if, if for some people, man, I explain it like uh, for hunters, buck fever, All right. they, they, they harvest, they take a buck and you can literally see them physically shaking. I get nearly the same thing on any level of bass that I catch. I get giddier than a schoolgirl, you know, inside my head. And it's just, if you get bit with that and then you add that fishing to it, oh my goodness, it becomes an obsession, man. And it really is. Yeah. yeah I, do, I do the same thing with the first fish I catch and the fifth fish. It's always trying to get started. You got to get that first one yeah. and then trying to get that limit, right? Once you get that limit. Yeah. And then it's from there, it's, it's leaderboard watching and just trying to upgrade, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's it's not for everybody. Tournament fishing is not for everybody. Right. We have this one guy, um, Jim Needler. And I think Jim Needler, he's won a hell of a stick. He's really, really good. Yep. He just doesn't like the tournament aspect of it. There's too much pressure. He just likes to have fun and, and, yep. and you know, fish. And, and for him, it's just the tournament thing wasn't for him. It's not for him. He'd kill us if he fished and he just doesn't. You, you know, know, I've seen the same thing, uh, you know, on, on the, on the boat, uh, bass boat side of things. Some of the best anglers I've ever met have never gotten a, in a, in a tournament day one in their life. Cause they have no desire to, right. and that's just not what they're there for. But I would put their fishing knowledge against some of the best I've ever oh, know, hung out with. Right. Yeah, it's tournament fishing is its own bird. You can really be is. an okay angler and a pretty darn good tournament angler, though, Absolutely. and vice versa. You know, it, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's its own uh, deal. So, talking about you've mentioned them a couple times. So, my, me doing my investigation and and reaching out before I've uh, landed with uh, being directed to you. It's my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have been extremely, if not the guy that's been instrumental in getting the KBF here to Colorado. Some, yeah, several I mean, people, several people are saying that you are like right. one of the main reasons the KBF is here. How did that, how did that happen? Right. Sure. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the main reason it would, it would happen anyways. It really would have. Right. Um, it just happened to be that I was a president at the time and I was the right person to talk to and to get help and get it started. So, so Perfect. like for, one instance, the first major tournament we had here was the the first Hobie uh, Tournament of Champions. They, the Hobie series started from Tournament of Champions. This was back before the Tournament of Champions got sold to Hobie. AJ, AJ McCord, AJ bought it and uh, ran, he runs the Hobie series now, which is now a national series, right? The boss, so the yeah. first year, yeah, the first year they're going to run it, there's this guy, Cody Prather, who used to run the Tournament of Champions down in Lake Fork. And I called Cody and said, Cody, because they were going to do something different and start running this Hobie thing all over the nation. Right. I said, so I called Cody up. He's in his deer stand. He's talking about hunting. Uh, he's in his deer stand. I called Cody up and said, Cody, how does Colorado make this happen? Cause we gave them, we went down to TOC strong. Like we, there's a lot of us that went down there. Um, so we represented Colorado really well down there. And so he knew under that we supported that club or that uh, series. I said, how does Colorado get involved? How do we get a tournament here? He says, well, let's get started. Let's start talking about this and let me get you in touch with AJ. And so that's how that started with Hobie. And so AJ reached out to me and says, okay, yeah, we want to do Colorado, but we need somebody to run it. Will you run it? And I said, absolutely, I'll run it. Any, nice. any opportunity that Colorado can have from a national level to represent, 
I'm going to step up. And so I stepped up to run the Hobie tournament down at Pueblo. So we did that one, we had a good turnout. And then the next year, Chad Hoover, the owner of KBF contacted me and said, Hey brother, I want to hold a tournament out there. Will you run it for me again? Absolutely. I'll run it. So I was tournament director for that one as well. So that was at Pueblo as well. So that's how that one came to be. Um, and then now this one again, uh, so KBS sponsors our club as well. Uh, I talked to Chad every now and again. Um, he wanted to bring another event out West, more events out West with so Arizona, Utah, California, and Colorado. Um, so we're holding another one. It'll yep. be April 30th at Chatfield Reservoir. Um, so I'll be, I'll be um, hosting that one as well. I'll be the tournament director for that one. Awesome. Yeah. But that's how that came to be is uh, people just reached out to me. It's just been timing. It's not that I'm anything special. Again, it's just, timing and the position I'm in hey, to help run those opportunity, tournaments here. So. Right. Absolutely. Opportunity. Yeah. And when, and you could have said no, uh, but you didn't, you said yes. And I can tell you uh, from an avid just bass fishing fan myself, thank you because KBF is some horsepower, man. I mean, these guys really of on a national level, what are they really in? Are. Uh, I, I'm going to get this wrong and, and Chad, please forgive me. Um, but I want to say it's, 43 states that they're currently in right now right yeah i think that's about right it's somewhere in that ballpark right. i know that but um and that's his full dedication to growing this sport oh, um yeah. you know like his methods don't like his methods i whatever social media brings out everybody sure 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 i can tell you from an unbiased view i love what the kbf has done how they continue to try to push uh, certain a- aspects of the sport and drive it and and grow it uh, for everybody. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm I mean, excited. Now he's truly one of the pioneers in the sport, right? Not to Big say he's one started it, but he's he's truly one of the pioneers. Everybody everybody knows that. And the, where he took it to, his vision was what really has fast forwarded the growth of the sport. It would have happened yeah. eventually, you know, it really would have. But I mean, it was his vision and him yeah. driving and his, you know his YouTube channels and his shows that he had back in the day and yep. him buying, you know, one, his companies that he bought, the kayak companies, and then starting KBF and starting a tournament series. And, and from there, everything's growing. Right. Um, I've had <coughs> conversations with him and he's, he talks about all the time about how he loves to be at the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. And he kind of wants his club still to be the grassroots. And he loved like when Bassmaster came into the kayak world, uh, BASS, when they stepped in, um, I had a conversation shortly after that announcement came out and he's like, you know, people think I'm upset over it. I'm not. He goes, because I can only take the sport so far from a uh, big sponsor perspective. Yep. BAS, BASS already has the name. They already had the relationships with those huge sponsors with Toyota, with, with uh, Berkeley, with all the big, you know, the, the big companies. Yep. And they'll bring the sport to another level, which they have. And now, yeah. you know, just this week, they had the Bassmaster Classic for the kayak. You know, they just mm-hmm. had that this week. Hobie stepped in huge, and and their 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 series is exploding right now. It is absolutely exploding. They're yeah. selling out their tournaments. They have two hundred person limits of their tournaments. They're selling out within two or three hours. Selling out. Yep. And it's months months in advance, and they're already selling out as soon as they they announce them. They sell out. Yep. So I mean, the sport's growing. I mean, it's just blowing up. And us. Again, KBS sponsors our clubs, and they give us opportunity um, to give back to the community. So let me – can I talk about our club here just for a second? Yeah, absolutely. That's what and I was going to – This kind of ties into this. I was going to take okay. us right there. So, yeah, let's go for it. Let's talk okay. Colorado Kayak Fishing. Yeah, 
Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. Um, it came out to be so back in the day, there was a group of people. I'm probably going to get all the names wrong, but we, uh, John Wiginko was the president. He's the guy who first started this. Him and another guy, Chris Spencer. Chris, I haven't met him. I don't remember his last name, but another Chris. Okay. Well, the first two guys actually started Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. Um, he, he actually owns it. His, his name's on the, on the club as owner. Uh, but there's a group of them. It was him, them two, uh, Dave Kuzer, Jason Duong. Uh, I think Brett Winling and his wife, Stephanie Winling, were all part of those initial people that really got this club going. And they were uh, Google Groups back before Facebook was a thing. They were Google, Google groups, groups, right? Yeah, right. And so they had a Google group of just, you know, we all love kayak fishing. And they just shared ideas how to modify their kayaks. And, hey, let's go have a day out at Chatfields or whatever, you know, horse to wherever they want to go fish. And they would just get together as a group and go fish out there and have fun, right? And then, so Johnny Wakinka, he had a vision. His story is pretty fascinating too. I mean, he grew up pretty poor. Um, and he is, a big part of his life was growing up in Denver was the Boys and Girls Club. So to keep him out of trouble, he'd go there. They'd give him lunch, have his summer there, keep him out of trouble, and he would go there, right? So he always remembered how much people gave back to him and helped him when he was you know, growing up with help, right? And he wanted to give back to the community. So he started thinking about how can we do this? As a group, they all started talking about how can we give back to the community? Right. And so Dave Kuzer ran like the, the Walleye Association stuff here in Colorado. He ran a lot of tournaments um, for them. So he had, had experience running tournaments and stuff and running um, um, clubs and everything, right? So he said, why don't we start tournament series? And we can be a nonprofit organization. We can make money as a club, give prizes out obviously to people that win and everything, and then give back whatever we make as a profit to another organization to give back to the community. Heck yeah. To turn it full circle, right? So that's how it, it was born. In 2012, the club was born. Um, it got established in 2012. 2013, there's still plenty of everything out. The first uh, time they ever had a tournament was in 2014. Nice. Right? And that's when I, I got involved at the same time there. Um, and in 2014, they had the first tournament series. That whole first year went through. They made $875 at the end of that year, right? $875. They donated to – I remember I wrote the check out because I was treasurer. <laughs> um, we donated, to again, to the Boys and Girls Club, which it all started from, for Johnny, to the Boys and Girls Club of Denver. That's so I awesome. Went down there, we went down there. We gave them a $875 donation in – and this is on behalf of the club. When I say the club, it's not, it's not the board members. It's right. the person, the people, the members of the club. It's all the people that pay their membership fees. Exactly. that show up to tournaments. It's their money that turned around. It's because of them that we're able to do this. It's not because of anybody else. It's because of the people who actually participate in these things. Right. Right. So um, it was pretty awesome to be able to do that. So going full circle here. So we've done that every year. We've donated to various organizations, helping uh, patriot anglers, helping veterans, helping uh, battered women we've donated to the club cancer organizations Brett's Place last year last year Brett's Place we gave them $5,000 we went from $875 a year to $5,000 last year that's how much your growth is going right that is it's so awesome. incredible yep. so this year is our 10 year anniversary pretty pretty cool for us right it's 2022 it's our 10 year anniversary so our president Brett uh, Winling he put out a goal it's a, it's a lofty goal he says, so the first year we, we donated $875. It's our 10-year anniversary. Let's 10 times our first inter, our donation. So we're going to try to donate 
$700, basically. $8,700 is what we're going to try to donate this year. Nice. Again, to the Boys and Girls Club again. It's nice. Full circle again. So that's what we're trying to do. That's our goal this year. So we need members, members to sign up. You know, it's a $20 membership per series. We have two different series. We run a bass only series. We run a multi-species series. Multi-species means that um, if we go to Pueblo Reservoir, maybe we'll fish for walleye, trout, and bass. You have to catch all three. Maybe two, two, one, two, 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 whatever the tournament oh, director okay. says. Okay. Nice. If we go out to, uh, in the same year, we go to Spinney Reservoir, then it's pike and trout. So you have to catch maybe two pike and three trout or three pike, two trout, whatever the tournament director decides. Right. So Justin Collins is a tournament director, whatever he decides this year, right? So we might go to John Martin. He might put wiper on the list. He might put a uh, drum, you know? <laughs> um, so you have to be pretty versatile. Yeah fisherman to be able to do that because it's not just getting basket or going out well, i can i can tell you coming from the mississippi river area that i was fishing in for for a lot of years the best way to catch a drum is fish for a bass yeah absolutely I mean, that's, <laughs> the only way, that's the only way i've caught them same. Baits or, <laughs> yeah. same with pike take your yeah. most expensive lure you can find absolutely. throw that out there and the pike will destroy it for you so <laughs> go spinny. ahead yeah, spinning is incredible, right? It's it's incredible fishery. It's gold medal water. Obviously, every fish is for trout there, right? But the pike fishing, I, I love pike fishing. I, I don't like trout fishing. I love pike fishing. Yep. And we always tell people, if you're a bass fisherman, you do really well fishing for pike. Oh, God. You will. Yeah. You will. Yeah. You take your bass gear out there, bait casters, all that good stuff, and, and go go for it, you know? so It's, it's predatorial, right? I mean, it's, it's it what you're doing is you're going after a predator. Uh, this one just happens to be a little bit more cross-eyed and crazy in the pike. They, yeah. uh, those things are freshwater barracuda, man. They that are. Is, yeah. You're going to lose some lures, too. Oh, so you're talking to a guy that just, I spent 10 years up in Minnesota up there between dogfish and pike right. um, and musky at times. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I used to tell the story that, you know what, I, I, and I still use them today. I have some in my boat. I have scum frogs, these little, uh, little top water. They're only about two fifty a piece, <laughs> little, uh, little rat mice looking things, throw them out into the muck, you know, on a spin casting rod even. And dude, you'll get top water blowups all day long. And I could throw those in a, in a lily pad, whatever and catch bass, bass, bass. The moment I grab, like say a $10 pad crasher <laughs> and throw that out there, boom, I found the one pike in the whole, you know, square mile of where I was at. Yeah, of course. Like they can yeah. smell the dollars or something <laughs> on top of the water. So I don't know. True. Yeah, it's so true. But that's the history. That's, that's how the club came to be. And that's the history of it. So yeah, we all two series, um, again, bass series and a multi-species. They're separate of each other. We have angry year for both of them first, second, third, and we have great sponsors that give us tons of stuff to give away. Um, so every tournament, we probably give away – some tournaments, some people get two prizes, not just one. Everybody. I don't care if you need to catch a fish. So at the end of the tournament, our top ten, we, top eight, nine – depends every year how many sponsors we have. But we give prizes to the top eight or nine. Okay. After that, we do random giveaways. And our random giveaways are great stuff like raw, $100 rods that – Anybody can win just for participating. In Showing up, registering, yeah. And fishing. Yeah. So we've had we've had multiple tournaments last year where everybody got two prizes. Everybody got two wow. prizes. That's pretty incredible. Our angler year ceremony. Everybody got at least two prizes at that one, and there were some. I mean, big prizes there that they were yeah. just random giveaways to just random people. You know. So this year I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna 
put this out there a little bit. It's it's not 100% yet, but our club is looking to get two kayaks, and we're going to give them a what we're we're talking about this. This, this is all still yep. debating what we're going to do. We're talking about doing an angler of the year prize for it. Wow. So you know what? You know what? Better yet, let's give it to anybody. So what we're, what we're thinking about doing is if you fish tournaments, you get a ticket, let's say. And at the end of the year, we're going to do a drawing. And if your ticket comes up, you, you could not catch a single fish the entire year <laughs> and win a really nice kayak. Yeah, no kidding. You know, so they we're trying to work that out. We still don't have – this kayaks aren't solid yet but we're pretty close to making that happen. So that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But we give away tons of prizes to everybody. We really do. You know, for uh, Christmas this year, we gave away two, one for each series. We gave away uh, two prizes. Um, and they were $250 gift cards to shields. Nice. I mean, just random giveaways, you know? So, I mean, it's, we try to give back as much as, as we get, if that makes sense. But at the same time, giving to our, charity of the year right well and that's i mean man serving others right that's at the forefront of the, it is one of the reasons that brought me to looking into you guys and starting to learn more about you is because reading the about piece and learning more about your club uh as i am you know new to the the kayak fishing uh world and not new to fishing though but so i'm just trying to look where do i want to place you know, st- you know right. put, my, put my flag so to speak and sure, make home absolutely. base that's what attracted me to the Colorado kayak fishing club was serving others and then seeing the, the together and, and support system. You know, you mentioned shields shields is a major, major player in a ton of the work that we do at the true Patriot Excellent. outfitters. And then there's support for the Romans warrior foundation. Um, we, we had the global war on, uh, terror's wall of remembrance there last year. Um, we're going to, we're trying to get the, the eyes dotted and T's crossed. We're coming back in November again this year. Uh, that one actually, uh, I'll keep you in the loop on that because that one could be a big event there at the Johnstown uh, location. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, when you get great companies like that, that back you up, it allows oh you to do some really cool things. So that is yeah. awesome that you guys foster that. Yeah, I'll give you another example of a great sponsor, too. So we have a guy, Sergio Murillo. Okay, Sergio Murillo, he lives down in Pueblo. He's a doctor down there. Um, he got into the sport, and hopefully he doesn't mind that I share a story. I'm pretty sure he won't. He's, he's shared the story before. but um, So he's glycoma. He has glycoma, right? So okay. he was in a pretty dark place there for a little bit once he found that he had the glycoma and stuff. And, and he got into kayak fishing, and he found our club. And he just saw how, how our club is a family. And it really meant a lot to him how we all went out. We took him out. We taught him. He didn't know much about fishing. Went out there, taught him how to work the kayak, how to set up the kayak, how to fish, you know, and, and I've taken him out personally several times. And lots of us have, many of us. And he just loved that. And it really meant so much to take him out of the dark place that he was in that now he gets back. So now he's, his, his, his practice, his, uh, it's the Southern Colorado, uh, Southern Colorado uh, Clinic in Pueblo. Okay. Um, and he's a doctor down there, physician. And he uh, he now donates to us every year. And he's a, one of our major sponsors every year. He gives us money every year to, to do whatever we want. He just gives us cash and we that's do whatever awesome. we want with it. So, so, again, that's a member becoming a sponsor, giving back because of the way the club treated him. Yep. You know, and that's what we foster here. And I really believe that's what we do. You know, we, we're pretty, we don't judge people here for the most part. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> you know, um, there's no dumb questions. When people ask questions, we answer them. Right. Um, people open their, Sergio Murillo opens his home to people he doesn't know 
to stay at his house if they want to go fish a Pueblo. He has a bunch of kayaks. He takes people out all the time. That He doesn't know. He just takes them out. Wow. He's paying it forward, right? He That's really huge. That's how, you know, if somebody wants to try out a new kayak, you know, they want to buy a kayak. That was, it comes up all the time. I want to buy a kayak. What should I get? We always recommend try them all out. You know, I'm sponsored by Native Watercraft. I'm sponsored by them. So I should be pushing Native, right? And I do. I mean, I love Native. I do. I mean, it's my favorite kayak, but it doesn't mean it's the best kayak for you. It right. really isn't, right? Your fishing style may say a different type of kayak may fit your style better. You know, it might be a Hobie. It might be uh, Jackson. It might be new canoe might be whatever right right um so we always try to tell people to try out all the different kayaks and so when when people ask that question if people flood it hey you want to try my kayak i'll take you out i have another kayak you could try my hobie you could try my native you could try try them before you buy you know yep. so that's the kind of family we are is we try to even if we don't know you we're going to invite you in we're going to take you out on our kayaks we're going to get we want to get people hooked on the sport that we all love and it's our passion right so we're, we're close to that in the bass boat world, short of, um, you know, it, if somebody were interested in, you know, whatever, I think there's a lot of guys that would take you out in the boat. Right. I don't know how many would be really comfortable <laughs> turning the steering wheel over to a guy that's never driven right. one before. <laughs> now I get you. And, and, and these kayaks are like, especially the high end ones, fucking three, four, five thousand dollar kayaks, you know, yeah. it up, you know? Yeah, no, I was, I was doing the math on it. Um, because you know it is a, a far less expensive way to get into the sport, it is. It but is. when you do become accustomed to a lot of the tools of the trade, man, that price tag sure does start to climb up it there. Really does. Yeah, I <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I don't want to scare people away because it no, can you, be right. You don't need half the stuff right. that that exactly that we use at at tournament level. But yeah. the problem is once you get used to it, oh trying to gosh. go back, right. yeah. Going back yeah. is is uh, maybe scarier than if I were to go out without ever having it. You know, I would right. rather so, do that than. Yeah, we get that all the time too. Is that people are like, "What's well, kind of unfair that you have paddle kayaks competing against pedal kayaks, right?" And in some series they allow motors. We don't allow motors in our series, but some series they allow motors, right? So how does a paddler compete against a guy who has a motor, right, on his kayak? Yep. And I'll tell them all the time, it doesn't matter. So I'll give you an example. Two years ago, we had Scott Brands. Scott Brands had a paddle kayak and he beat us all anger of the year yep. out of a paddle kayak. Sure. It, it, sure. It helps to have pe pedals and all that good stuff, but it's not needed. You can still compete on a national level. Some guy just won a tournament out of a paddle kayak. It, it's, you know, entry level doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Get out on the water, have fun, enjoy it. If you want to compete, compete. If you don't, don't. I was going to uh, say, I think you're better off starting on a mi minimalist mentality, really true. then work your way up. You know, Absolutely. I think, and I would do the same thing at giving advice to that in a, in a, in a boat because, yeah. you know, in a bass boat, it's, it, and yeah. Yeah. Depending on how, how it goes for you. I'm addictive. Again, my addictive personality, I go all in. So I started with that ascent and then from there, it just started upgrading. I had a little fish finder. I had like a 870 Eagle. It was a black and what and white. Was, Yep. Yeah, black and white fish finder. And that's what I used my first year. $99 type thing. Yeah, yep. yeah $99. And the same thing. To, upgrade to like a Lawrence 4. Not even the one with the mapping, the 4X, whatever, you know. They, and then they had then sonar, the, though. Yeah, and then I went to the 5, which had the mapping. You just keep upgrading, right? Heck now yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to get forward, eventually get forward facing stuff, but that's not yet. You and me both. 
Right. You and me both. I mean, I've been yeah. doing this a lot of years. Everybody in the field, they're even guys that fish twice a year. They got panoptics. Not, I still sure. don't. I still don't. Yeah, I don't um, either. And, and I know that, it, you know, behind the eight ball going against a lot of guys with it. But sure. again, it's like what you just talked paddling. You know, there's a lot of other factors involved. You can but still this, compete. Let me come. I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask this from a very unbiased outsider's perspective to this. And I want to preface this. As a 50-year-old dude, the prospects of going out and fishing and paddling or pedaling for five, six miles really makes me think twice about ever wanting to join something like that. I got you. So what my question is, I now... I get it on the national stage. Okay, so let's let's talk here real quick. Three big name national kayak fishing. You've got the KBF, you got Bass, and you got Hobie. Those are your big guns, right? Absolutely. Now, you got some other nationals that are up and coming. That All-American thing is starting to make some noise. They're it getting really sponsors. Is. They got members. Um, we're actually looking at it because they fish a lot of the, the Missouri Lake areas. And, you know, yep. so, But right now, the big three. I totally understand the Hobie Boss series. And their stance on paddle or pedal, because, I mean, let's face it, like you said, uh, I, I am with new canoe, you know, working that side, but let's face it. Hobie owns the pedal drive industry. That Mirage drive is off the chain. It's, it's got a reputation. It's amazing. So I get it why they did that, but even now they're feeling some industry pressure, especially at that national level. To consider the allowing, because here's the one thing that I'm going to add to this, and then I'll pose the question that you know is coming. There are kayaks, I would venture to even say your kayak, that are coming off the the factory lines, built, pre-molded areas, formed and ready to put a motor mount on them. So what is, for a new guy coming in, What's the driving force behind not allowing trolling motors into tournament fishing? Sure. So there's a couple of factors, right? So number one is we want to stay closer to our roots, right? I mean, as soon as you start adding motors, it starts changing things, right? Um, The biggest reason of all, number one biggest reason for us personally. So there's another club here in in Colorado, Colorado Bassmasters Club. Uh Um, They're they're awesome too. Um, They they run tournaments here as well. And they, uh, they allow motors. They run off the bass master rules and all that good stuff as well. So, right. uh, but we don't. And um, again, we, we, we kind of want to stay grassroots and we want to kind of let the entry level person that comes in with a paddle kayak. Yep. I mean, the jump from a paddle kayak to pedal kayak is pretty big. It really is. Right. Now you jump to a motor paddle to a motor is extremely huge jump. I mean, it's, it's night and day. Right. Um, so that aspect of just trying to be more welcoming to the novice person that comes in with a paddle kayak is one reason. Okay. It's staying grassroots okay. too, right? Yeah. Is you want to stay in grassroots, but the biggest reason of all, it comes down to from a tournament perspective is if you have a motor, mm-hmm. you can't launch at the same time as everybody else at some lakes, not all lakes, you know, Pueblo allows you to launch with an electric motor anywhere. Okay. They might change their rule this year. You know, but they allow it. But most places do not allow that. You have to get inspected before you go on the water. 
ANS, ANS inspection. So let's say we want to launch. That's kind of the nice thing about being a kayak too, is you bass guys can't launch as early as we launch typically. Right. For a tournament. You have to wait till all you guys go through ANS inspections. Right. Right. So we're already out in the water getting to our spots that you guys probably want to get to, to the community holes, right? That maybe we beat you there. You know, if we I launch see. at the same time, you guys are going to beat us there because you got motors, right? So it gives us an opportunity to get on the water before the big boats get out and start pushing all the waves out there, oh, which yeah. becomes a dangerous thing to us also. Not that we're out there anyways with them eventually, but um, we get out a little bit earlier. We don't have to go through an inspection process, which be would become a big pain. I mean, from a time perspective, right? We got to get in line with you guys, with the boat guys. And if there's 40 boats in front of you, you're not going to launch for two hours, you know? I see. I see. Okay. So that's probably one of the biggest reasons of all is, is that. And then on top of that, the more motors that people put on their kayaks, eventually they're going to require everybody to get INS inspected. Every kayak will eventually have to be INS. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they realize that we have electric motors. We don't have bilge pumps. We don't have water. Right. There's, there's no muscles are going to go anywhere on our kayaks. All we got to do is keep them clean, you know? Yep. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen for us, but there's been talk about that already, unfortunately. So it's a, it's, that's, that's what it really comes down to for us at our club, at our level here. I so see. BOS level, it's a little different. They kind of just want to stay at the grassroots level too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it was, it's just been, I, I will, I will say one of the first boats that, that um, I was looking at and I currently own one and am selling it. Um, <laughs> I have a blue sky Boatworks 360. Yep. Okay. And it's the pro. So it doesn't have area for a pedal in it. The only their angler model did. Right. And so this one, the only option I have to this is to put is like say uh, an XI three of, you know, or some sure. kind or whatever sure. on there. <clears throat> um, and so yeah, when, when I was first starting with that, I was like, okay, well, no, I won't be able to get in that one and I won't be able to go there. <laughs> so right. I was, you know, trying to look and around now I yeah. have the option because, right. um, and you, the, the Colorado kayak fishing club allows pedal drive though. Yes. Yes. Okay. So pedal pedal paddle. Or paddle. Okay. Perfect. Right, but just okay. no motors. And just say this. So we do allow motors if you have a medical condition that requires it. So if you have a handicap sticker, that's, that's how we do it. Our line oh, of delineation okay. is a handicap sticker. Rock if you have on. a handicap sticker, by all means, bring that motor, come on. You that's know? top notch. Okay. Um, yeah. Another reason too, for the, the whole motor thing too, is so we're multi-species. Yep. We allow trolling. We don't allow trolling in our bass series, but in the multi-species, because, right. you know, you trout trolling, you know, a lot of species you troll for. Sure. So we allow trolling on the multi-species side. If you have a motor, you could troll all day long and not get tired. That guy <laughs> paddling, that guy paddling, there's, he has no chance. How in the hell are you going to troll Pat? I watch. You do. You do. That is I, crazy I, I stuff. I, I did it my first year. I was watching Kristen Fisher videos. Yep. And mind you, she's like, you know, five, nothing, a hundred and nothing soaking wet. She's small in that Hobie, but still watching her with a fishing pole a catch net, you know, and moving all this gear around. It was giving me anxiety watching her in the kayak going, how are you not tangled up six ways to Sunday? Yeah, stuff? She, she walks all over her kayak. She goes to yeah. the front. She's like all over the place. 245 yeah. pounds is not walking anywhere on the kayak. Yeah. You see me up and walking, something hit me. All right? yeah. <laughs> or I'm running well, from something. <laughs> if you get a native Titan or a, Hobie PA, you can walk anywhere you want on those things. They are That's super crazy. stable. They are super stable. Yeah. Um, we we look at the to, Titan pretty close. 
Yeah, I, I have one. I have a Titan 10 and I have a Slayer awesome. 12. But yeah, um, and I get back to the motors real quick. Yep. I own a motor too. You know, I yep. had back, I had two back surgeries last year. Um, I do have a motor and I do that because when I compete at the national level, KBF, for example, yeah, they, they allow motors and I have to be able to get a, across the lake just like everybody else if I want to try to compete against them. So yep. um, again, I do have a motor as well and I do use it. I, pre-fishing, I use it as well. I do. Does the, I was going to say, does the club allow you to use it for pre-fish practicing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You can do whatever you want. Pre-fish and then practice. it just needs to be removed for tournament day. Yep. That's what I do. Sweet. Yeah. I do that I, just to get across the lake and then I pedal. I just get it just to get across the lake from spot to spot is all I use it for. Heck yeah. Um, but it saves my back. Again, I had two back surgeries last year. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I was talking to Jody, uh, Jody Queen about the very yep. same thing. And like, he's the one that made the statement. He says, he goes, listen, he goes, I've seen, he goes, I've seen Fisher go eight, nine miles in a day with, with hers on pedaling. He's like, she's in phenomenal shape. He goes, I'm 56. I'm not doing that. If the fish aren't where I thought they were going to be, I'm not going to put fish on the board that day. (laughs) And so what he said was uh, the very same thing that, you know, Hobie did now is allowing motors in practice just has to be off before, uh, before yep. you get there. So that makes sense for sure. Yeah, but we have, we have, you know, like I was, we have a gentleman. I love Ron. This guy, Ron, Ron Solberg. I love, love, love Ron. I call, he doesn't know I call him, but I'm going to say that here. Anyways, I call him <laughs> old, old man, Ron. I call him old man, Ron. That's, that's my nickname I have for him. I love Ron. Ron is the epitome of this club as well. Right. So he, he's like 72 years old. I think he is 71, nice. 72 right in there. Nice. Retired, obviously has a has a, a pedal kayak and he just he just loves fishing he comes out and competes at all our tournaments and he just loves he travels goes national stuff as well um and these kayaks weigh a lot you know the ones we that he has or i have you know the bigger kayaks they weigh i mean you're talking about fully loaded with all your gear and everything you're talking about 150 pounds if yep. not more yep and he's just wheeling that stuff around and going out there and oh it's just it's it's incredible watching him out there so it's for everybody we have yeah. youth that compete we have adults, you know, I mean, it, it's for everybody. It really is, you know, That's it awesome. really, really is. It's, it's, it's a passion of mine. It's, it's great. It makes sense for people who don't have a garage to store a big boat or the budget to store a big boat or the gas uh, just for a boat. Um, it's a cheap alternative to get out on the water. You don't need a John boats or a nice too. you know, canoes are nice, but these are way better than canoes. A thousand times better than canoes. They're not a tippy, super stable. Most of them. Yep. The wider, wider the kayak, the more stable it is. The longer the kayak, the faster it is. Those are just little things people always ask about, right? Yep. Um, they have wheeled systems now. It's pretty light to carry them, you know, to pull them across everywhere. Um, they just make sense. People bring them into the apartments. I, I know people bring them into their apartments and they store <laughs> them in their apartment, right? That's awesome. Uh, in my garage, I have a hoist. I have an electric hoist that I can hoist the kayak up. So I just oh. put it in there and I hoist it. It goes up, up you know. I also have a trailer and I sort two of them on the trailer, but yeah. And I have another trailer. I have an ATV trailer that I converted that could take five kayaks. I rented kayaks for a period of time before nice. COVID. Right. I, I had a rental company. I was renting pedal kayaks out, but COVID killed that because of inventory issues. But right. yeah, anyways, but yeah. Anyways. <laughs> awesome stuff. You know, one of the other things that I can tell you coming in here, being a noob, um, one of the things I really like two two aspects of the kayak bass fishing that really caught my attention. Um that 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 came to the top one i really really like the way you guys uh you customize and mod these things so specifically just to you 
And that's why, you know, it seemed to me to make that, that smart sense, start as a minimalist approach, work your way up as you get more used to it. You really can customize these things. Absolutely. It was one of the things that I really loved about the unlimited uh, model from new canoe is this thing's a blank canvas with just like miles of track to use, you know, at 41 inches wide for, for a big guy like me, I'm like, yeah, baby, that's what, you know, I, I want something like mm-hmm. that, but it's like the, the customization that I see, that's some of the funnest stuff that I, I see now on my social media feed is uh, guys posting pictures of their little mod, you know, for forward facing. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, a way they've tethered off this or that, you know, in working. Um, that piece there was really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that, to really customizing, you know. Yeah, uh, that's grown. I mean, back in the day, I mean, those guys, again, those kayaks weren't, they didn't, they were built for fishing. They had no tracks. They put right. tracks on. Right. They built stuff with PVC. I was one of those guys, I'm a PVC guy. Like, I built everything with PVC. I still do have rod holders that are PVC right now. Nice. Um, yeah, you customize them. Like, my PVC rod holder that I have in my back of mine, it holds seven rods. And the two in the outside are stationary, but the ones in the middle all fold down together. So if I'm going like to Lake Fork and I'm going down across a bridge, this is why I did it. At Lake Fork, I had to take all my rods off. I had to hold them in my hand, pedal underneath the, the bridge. <laughs> it had broken my tips, you know, and then put them all back in. I was worried about dropping them. So I had to make a system now that I can fold them back, fold them back as I'm just push it down. And then That's pull it awesome. Back up, right. Um, doesn't work perfectly, but it, you know, those are the kinds of things we love doing. I love doing. Yeah. Um, there's like fake, there's YouTube, uh, uh, groups out there that do it yourself kind of in DIY kayak stuff, you know, and they just, Big it's time. awesome. They just modify everything. My trailer, right. Everybody has yep. trailers and you modify your trailer to your specifications for your kayaks, for the gear you take for rods, for all that stuff. Right. Heck it's, yeah. I love that piece of it. I love it, yeah, it's, stuff. I love it's, making stuff. You know? If you're even moderately handy with some tools here and there, right? Go on YouTube with that stuff. Yeah, that's it's one of the things that I'm actually really excited and looking forward to. I can't do that with my 2020 right. bass boat that's sitting out there because yeah. I'm thinking about selling that boat. You know, so right. it's like, yeah, no, we're keeping this thing in mint condition, and okay. you know, we're not clicking on things. Yeah, I'm the guy who loves it. Like I right here, I'm seven rods. I'm looking at right here that I need to build. Right, so. Like I just love tinkering and stuff. So I got some uh, X-ray blanks here, you know. Oh, good I stuff. To, I need to build rods. You know, I got into fly tying last year. So like his little hair jig that I tied, right? There you go. <laughs> I mean, just, Small mouth candy right there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, I love this. I love just tinkering and, and building and doing, right? So. Yeah. And that's, you know, the that was, like I said, that was one of the, the things that really, really uh, helped, uh, you know, pull me uh, in towards that area. So let's talk about the future of the club. Where, sure. what are some, you know, we, we talked about the lofty goal there of going uh, and, and who knows, maybe there's something that the true Patriots here, maybe we can join in to help you guys reach that goal. Um, awesome. Obviously anything we can do to, to, to push that along, we should talk uh, off offline there and we'll see what Absolutely. We'll, what's coming up with that. The other side, the club itself, let's talk about the future. Where do you, where do you, you know, where's the club going? Where do you guys want to go? Uh, what do you see, you know, some, some ideas that are getting thrown around? So, I mean, ideas, I mean, so one thing we've been trying to do forever is get involved with states around us. So our problem here in Colorado, the big problem we have here from a national perspective is we're in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure you see this, you see this in the, in the glitter boat world as well, right? In the middle of nowhere. So hosting tournaments, getting national attention is very hard. Um, So, so like you're talking about the BOS series, you're talking about the 
the Bassmaster series, you're talking about KBF series. Um, a lot of those don't have anything. BOS, for example, they have nothing close to us. The closest one was like 12 hours away, you know, and most of them are even much further than that driving, right? Yep. Uh, uh, so it's it's difficult for us to get that our anglers' notoriety, right? As far as from a national perspective, right. um, it's kind of cool that I don't know if you saw what Utah did. They had two guys that just killed it nationally. Um, the guy just won the ten. The ten yeah. is like to me one of the most prestigious things, and same thing with the Hobie Championship. But the ten is pretty cool. He just won it, you know, and, and he's won. He won like two or three events coming home, or did really well. He wow. made a lot of money, right? So he made a little name for himself there, real quick. But from Utah, and I remember when we hosted our first tournament here, and I, I was on a podcast, uh, Finn and Paddle uh, podcast, and. They asked me, you guys have bass? That's the first question you know, <laughs> right. that they had. You guys have bass? You guys have trout? We know that. You know, We know it's trout state, right? You guys have yep. bass out there? Like, yeah, you know, maybe we don't have the ridiculous qualified, you know, quality, but we still got bass here, and we still got decent bass here. You know, you get the right places to get good bass. Um, but I get the same look when I tell yeah. people what I do, and they're like, hang on, you're a bass angler in Colorado? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've been trying to bring more tournaments here. So KBF coming here is pretty big for us. Hobie coming here is pretty big for us. You know, uh, the Bassmaster Club that we have here, the Colorado Bassmaster Club that's here, mm-hmm. that gives us an avenue to send somebody from Colorado to fish the kayak, uh, the Bassmaster Classic for the kayak side. Yep. Right. It gives us an opportunity to do that. We'll send somebody from here every year, which we did this year. He didn't go. He couldn't make it this year, but, but we could have, you know, he qualified for it. Um, so that gives us an opportunity to send people nationally to give national notoriety and stuff like that. Yep. So that's one thing. So one thing we've been talking, we've been trying to make happen. I've, I've been really trying and I've talked to this girl, Erin Mathis. She's the, she runs the, the Utah club. Okay. The kayak club out there. And we were, we were talking about, we just can never make it happen about making a border war. Oh, okay. You know, know, so so we have border war. We have a trophy every year. It goes to our club, goes to our club, kind of just bragging rights kind of deal. You know, Uh, we can never make that happen. We've been trying to do something more regional. That's for AAKC, the All-American Kayak Series that you talked about earlier. They're starting to get, is they're trying to get more of the Midwest. Unfortunately, they're more Midwest, Midwest. Yeah, exactly. More more mid than West. (laughs) They're more mid than West, unfortunately. Um, so like I was going to go to Lake Palestine, but I had surgery in my finger, so I couldn't go. That was just a few weeks ago, but um, I plan on fishing a bunch of their series stuff. But once I miss that one, my opportunity then becomes limited because of how much I got to travel, vacation time you have to take in and all that into account, right? So Well, and I think they just changed, if I saw their rules section, right, they just changed to where their AOY is going to go like off of five events or whatever, right. not not best three or best four. Yeah, and that makes it near impossible for, yeah. for me personally, if, right? If you can't fish them all, If you can't yeah. travel, it becomes, yeah, and they're, they're long and you got to take vacation time or thing. So, I mean, so, so from a club perspective, we're just trying to figure out ways to long-term to to get more events here right so expansion that's the name expansion. of the game or yep. to create another series if we have to unfortunately where we live is just difficult to do and even with utah and arizona i mean kbf is trying to do something out west so they created an event in utah at pineview and roosevelt in arizona and then chatfield here and then in pure lake or something in arizona arizona is just as far as going to nashville or to lake fork or you know not lake fork to out east you know yep um Arizona is the same as going to Lake Fork. It's a 15-hour drive. You know, Utah is a nine-hour drive. It's the same as going to Okeechobee, uh, not Okeechobee. Uh, Ozarks. Yeah, Ozarks or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's still a drive. That's our challenge here. That's our biggest challenge. So yep. 
Well, I see the club here doing is still being a grassroots club. It's just being a local club, introducing people to the sport, bringing, catering more to newbies, if you will, you know, and and to people who love to fish also. Um, That's what I see us doing here as far as long-term goes. Well, and as you get that participation going up there, Alex, when you get more and more people, this starts opening the door for divisions, right? Correct. Maybe right. you we do. We have talked about that. Right? Yeah, maybe you do have a, yep. you know, this is your your AAA. This is where you start your, you know, right. start here against this because that makes sure that you're fishing against like experienced anglers. So there's been. And then take it even further with other divisions, you know? Absolutely, Gene. So that's what we're talking about, Gene. Is we've been talking about this a little bit now is possibly starting another club. Or mm-hmm. maybe do it through CKFC. The problem with doing it through CKFC, the challenge, people always say, why don't you have more tournaments? Or why you? If you run tournaments, you understand. We run 10 tournaments. We have five for each series. 10 tournaments. That's 10 weekends. There's 26 weekends. 26 weekends from, <laughs> from when basically beginning of <laughs> April till September. That's, a, that's our time frame we have for, for good weather, if you will. Even, even that's not good weather, right? Yeah. Um, and so we have 26 weekends when you take out the holidays, Mother day father's day you take out all those holidays you know uh, memorial day fourth of july all that stuff you have like it's like 26 weekends you take 10 of those that's 10 that's almost half of those that you got to convince a wife a significant other yep family time away you had anything more to that it's it's a challenge already with 10 as a board to be able to run that right and not only as a board but for people to participate in those as well so so the challenge for us is how do we grow this more and create divisions like you're talking about yep so our vision is you have to do it through another club unless you get more volunteers to step up. Our problem is it's hard to get volunteers. The reason oh. I'm on this board for six straight years, we haven't <laughs> had volunteers. And so I step up again and do it again. You know, this will be my last year. I told my wife, I will not do it again. And it's not because I don't love the club. It's just, I need some, my wife gives me a little bit of, <laughs> it's right? six years I've given to the club. Yeah. Right? And it's a lot of time. It really is. I mean, um, people- so people forget that that support system that's behind us to allow us to do what we Absolutely. do without mine. There's no possible way I could do, you know, and you do Absolutely. have to give up with them. I can tell you the thing that, that you're talking about that scheduling piece. That's so awesome. Hearing you guys at a grassroots side, talk about what, what really created the MLF because there were 80 of right. the world's best top anglers in the world right. that were, that had been talking for almost 20 years prior about these issues going, Hey, right. And the two major uh, organizations didn't want to listen to them. So they finally took matters in their own hands. Good for them. right? And if you look at their schedule, Mother's Day, there's no pro tournament. Right. Valentine's Day, there's no pro tournament. They can spend time with family now, you know, in that area. So it's more than just a business. It's about totally right. Yeah. 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 So, so for us, that's kind of the vision there is, is, I, I see another club potentially happening and we already have Carl Kayak Bassmaster. Like I said, it was another opportunity and that's, for the for the classic and stuff as well so they'll grow that club's awesome. going to grow immensely and it's, it's awesome i support them 100 thousand percent love them uh, but i see another club potentially popping up or two even that have series like you know what this is just for this is high-end stuff you know it's going to be yep. high entry level stuff bigger payouts more competitive you know um, we try at our level don't get me wrong there's high competitiveness at our level too everybody wants sure. to win sure but we still try to cater to the entry level people. Like last year, we had a rookie of the year last year. A rookie of the year means if you never fished a tournament in our club, you're a rookie. Nice. Rookie of the year, rookie of the year won like $400 or $500. I forgot what it was. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just for rookie of the year, you know? And, and yeah. So, I mean, we try to cater to, to 
to the entry level people as well. Um, so I do see it growing, though. I do see other divisions happening. I think it, it's the evolution of the sport, evolution of the tournament series here. That's awesome. So, yeah, no, good question. Yeah, that's, you know, we, we always like to, to look at that piece. Um, at least I, I do. Where we're at now, you know, obviously, anytime we get involved with organizations, it's a business move on top of a desire. You know, so we always like to know kind of where the future, you know, those type of things. And I know a lot of people want to know that. So the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club um, is a phenomenal way to get introduced to kayak fishing just in general, be around individuals that live and breathe this all day long. And yeah, get your, get your feet, uh, you know, wet. So to literally um, with, exactly. with, you know, getting into the tournament side, that is, that is yeah. awesome. Awesome stuff. And to boot the benefits, how does that work? I wrote the last question here for you, you guys, is it just money raised throughout the year or do you do benefit tournaments, you know, per, per event or how do you guys so, do that? Yeah. Right now we've had ideas that we're throwing around as whole special tournaments and stuff like that. But um, right now it's currently the way it's set up today is we have a membership fee, just $20, just $20. That $20, by the way, gets you discounts. You get back more. Like, say you want to decode a lithium battery, a lithium battery, which are awesome, way better than lead-acid batteries, right? Um, they give us, I think it's 25% off. Wow. So you buy one battery, $100 battery, you already got $25 back. You got more than your membership fee Heck already yeah. back. If you buy the bigger batteries, you're getting more. You've got multiple batteries, you're getting more back. That's just one sponsor of ours, right? You add in all the other sponsors we have and the, the stuff they give us as far as discounts go, you get that money back. So I say that just to, we have people who become members who don't fish tournaments just to get the discounts, right? Not right, right. <laughs> and that hey, benefits it, us because 100% of the, 100% of the membership, I'm sorry, not 100%, 50% of your membership fee, mm-hmm. $10 of the $20 goes straight to charity. Perfect. The other $10 goes to Angler of the Year. Okay. So that's, that's why we build our angler year package. Right. And then every tournament, we pay back 80% of every tournament goes payback 180, 80% goes back to the people participating in the tournaments, right? Top three for cash. And then um, we take the other 20%, a little piece of that goes AOI, like 3%. And the rest of that goes to our, uh, our charity for the year. So that's how we build our, our money for the year. And what do the individual events usually run for entry fee? $50. Really? That yeah, $50. Awesome. So it's $20 entry, $20 membership fee. Yep. And then you have to pay $50 per event. Yep. Of that $50, we pay, we have fees we have to pay. PayPal yep. fees, let's say $3 a person. Uh, Tourney X, which we use a management system. Tourney I was going to say, turn, that was my next app. question. Which yeah. one? Tourney X, okay. Yeah, Tourney X is an app we use to take pictures and measure your fish and stuff. We use length in case people don't know. We use length and not weight for a fish. Yep. Um, so uh, we pay attorney X fee, which is $5 an angler. And then on top of that, so that's part of the, all that money built in. And then um, what are their fees? So then the rest of that is goes back to the people. 80% goes back to everybody. Is there a big bass pot that guys Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. So yeah, yep. thank you. Yeah, there's a yep. big bass pot. So $5 of that $50 goes to a big bass pot or big oh, fish so, pot. So big fish is already in the Yeah, in the it's 50. included. Oh, in the 50. You no, know, we used to charge an extra, but we decided it becomes kind of pain to manage that. Like right. We just throw everybody in. We know who's <laughs> in, who's not. One year we had a guy win it, but he didn't pay it. And luckily, <laughs> luckily he was honest enough because it hard, it's hard to keep track of that. He's honest enough to say, hey, I didn't pay the big bass. Like, oh, okay. 
who's the second biggest they want it, and they took right. the pot, right? So right. now everybody's in it, no matter what you're in it, right? So it just makes it easier for us to manage that that, that okay. money. So five dollars of that, hundred percent of that five dollars goes back to every whoever wins the biggest fish. Big fish the bass, yeah. If it's a bass tournament, it's the biggest bass. If it's one of our other multi-species, it has to be one of the targeted multi-species. Fish. It can't be like a, I caught a carp. It's not on our list of <laughs> species, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so, $5 goes back. Now, is it all black bass uh, in, the, in the bass tournaments? Yep. It's smallmouth and largemouth? Smallmouth and largemouth and spots. Are there spots in Colorado? Yeah, Pueblo there has are? spots. Pueblo yeah. does? Okay. Pueblo has spots. I believe John Martin has spots as well. Nice. Um, those are the only two places I know of. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of spots in the Ozark uh, country where I fish down there. There's, it's yeah, I love it. They're and, aggressive. They you are. Into one, they, they feel like they're bigger than what they are. Yep. It's like, and they're always in huge packs of fish usually. And it's like smallies too. I mean, you just, yeah. you don't, trying to tire out a smallmouth is just good luck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The only time I've ever been like, you know, jabbed and had a fin break off, you know, it's been smallmouth every time. Yeah. Always, always smallmouth. Trying, trying to belly those things. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is exciting. Um, I am extremely, extremely glad that I had an opportunity to to ask you to come here and very, very thankful that you said yes to coming on our podcast. What we would love to do is just throughout the year, man, as the club is doing things, um, big events coming up or whatever, we need to have you back, man. And, uh, and just, you know, Absolutely. talk, talk about upcoming events. If there's big, uh, big fundraising that you guys are looking at off air you and i should absolutely chat who knows uh this is uh, this is right here at home we're all in the backyard doing the same thing working in the same uh direction absolutely we've been talking about trying to throw up some uh some uh, benefit tournaments where 100 percent proceeds go to um uh, a select charity you know of one of the nonprofits we work with and then we'll have sponsors throw up some prize packs you know type things i love so that if people I would love to do something also i would love to do a glitter boat versus kayak Cause it's always been like one of those things, like, so how good so, are you? How good are you? You know, like, so which one is it? I've heard guys call us the big boats and now I'm hearing <laughs> glitter boat. I'm going to be honest with you. Big, big boat is a lot more masculine, than yeah, yeah, the glitter boat. Glitter but boat. glitter boat is a far more descriptive. Oh yeah. yeah. All the glitter. They look beautiful. They're beautiful boats, right? The, uh, the silver mist, uh, uh, internal hull that I have will literally almost blind you in the sunlight. Yeah, it's like, Oh they're my beautiful. Lord. <laughs> yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah. I would love to do something like that though. Just even for fun or just like you said, a charity tournament. We say, you know what, let's, let's, let's put up the best kayak guys against the best bass guys, yeah. boat guys. And just for fun, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the only, in all honesty, um, you know, having my feet wet in both, both worlds, I can, I can honestly say, um, the only advantage that the big boat, in my personal opinion, well, two advantages, more gear, but that can also hinder you um, in a major Absolutely. way is having too many options in front of you, but is being able to cover water. If you, yeah. if you think that's a, a, you know, that was probably be it. But in the reverse of that, what I'm really looking forward to is I think kayak tournament anglers are far more meticulous that's, we about picking apart. Absolutely finding the patterns within the patterns have to, you know, that sort of thing, because, yeah. Hey man, that's where you launched, you know, some right. KBF allows you to trailer in some of the events, sure. but sure. you're not going to win a tournament on with your kayak on a trailer, dude, you no, know, it's not, like, you so, know, you need to be in the water. So I think that I really believe that too. I believe that if you want to become a really, really good angler, yeah, get into the kayak world because you, again, you can't run and gun. 
you see bass guys, they'll come fly a million miles an hour, turn the corner, come into a creek, <laughs> fish one spot, throw five casts, get out of the creek, go to another creek. I mean, literally five casts and they're out, right? We don't have yeah. that option. We're stuck where we are. We can't well, travel lake. So we got to pick apart every little piece of everything, right? To be, to be completely truthful with you, if you see guys doing that, they shouldn't be doing that either. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They they think they're they're being real efficient, but they're no. not. I know. No, well, you see it happen. You do, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, that's but- absolutely true. And I just, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I love the fact that no, this is the arm or this is the creek pocket, and I'm gonna, you know, maybe go out to the point and around to the next one. But for the most part, this yeah. is, you know, you're gonna be really digging apart that stuff. So that that's where awesome. strategy in the tournament world for kayaks. I mean, it's faint for base best and for boats too. I mean, you have to have a strategy, but our strategy really has to come into play because you have to say, okay, this is a B and C. I can only hit three or four spots in the lake. I got to make this happen. And you got to have a really good plan in place. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. Well, awesome, man. Thank you so very, very much for coming on here. We are, uh, absolutely, uh, giddy over here with where the the future holds i have a feeling uh if if i'm foreseeing the future you and i are going to be having lots of conversations in the future (laughs) hopefully uh i'm going to be uh having an opportunity because at 50 years old i'm just going to say it having a a a plaque that says rookie of the year would make (laughs) me feel really good (laughs) (laughs) so that's going to be awesome to uh to have a chance all i got to do is get, get my pivot system on there from new canoe and i'm ready to go man there you go you said alex we'll see awesome thank you so much check them out folks colorado kayak fishing club it's co kayakfishing.com go check them out there you can uh, you can uh, learn everything you want to learn all their contact infos out there um facebook yeah, what is the social media? Yeah, so Facebook is where we do most of everything we do is on Facebook. Um, so gotcha. just look up Carl Kayak Fishing Club. Yep. Um, you ask to become a member there, and we'll accept you. Answer a couple questions, and we'll accept you. Perfect. And don't be afraid to ask any questions out there. But I mean, this the club is the whole reason the club exists is to grow the sport. So awesome. Awesome. Check them out, folks. Uh, they're, they're doing good things in the community, um, plus offering all kinds of benefit for individuals and, and select uh, groups of our, of our communities as well. Again, Alex, thank you so much for coming on, and we're looking forward to working with you in the future. Thank you, Gene. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.